Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastel, alongside Area President David Oikel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. On today's episode, we talk to realtor, volunteer, and Real Heart Ambassador Lindsay Edwards. David, some really good takeaways from this conversation. Really a privilege to talk to Lindsay uh, about all that she's doing for her community, uh, and uh, I hope uh, listeners are inspired to possibly uh, consider doing something for their own community. Uh, a really wonderful conversation that I hope everybody enjoys. Yeah, it was it was really uh, awesome meeting her and talking to her. And I, and I think one of my key takeaways on this one was, it's not always about money when you're when you're volunteering and helping out. Time and will go so long uh, and a long way when you're actually uh, helping out. Well, it's also interesting for people to consider, you know, how would I get started? You know, I mean, it's, it would be humbling uh, or daunting to think about how they might get involved and Lindsay can inspire people to, uh, to, to start small and, uh, and contribute. And uh, so I think that hopefully uh, the conversation will inspire others to do things in their community. Here's our conversation with Lindsay Edwards. You're listening to this month's episode of The Real Estate Edition with host Dave Bastel and ARIA President David Oikel. Lindsay, so good to talk to you and congratulations on the launch of Real Heart. We'll talk about Real Heart a little bit later on in this podcast, but first off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe some background and how we have come together today? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Lindsay Edwards, like you had said, and um, I, I live just outside of Coburg um, and sell um, exclusively in the Northumberland County market. So kind of Coburg, Port Hope, all along um, the 401 here. And um, I've got two kids, um, three bonus kids, a ton of animals. And um, I just, I love where I live. I love the the people that are around here. And um I've been selling real estate for about 15 years now and um, predominantly with um, with Royal LePage and um, yeah, just kind of loving life and uh, getting through COVID and, and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, that's really great, Lindsay. I know you do lots of volunteering in your community, but tell us about your first uh, volunteering uh, that you got involved with uh, to get you uh, interested in, in contributing to your community. Yeah, for sure. So I had to think about that for a second and, and try to remember back to how it all started. And I think I think really it, it started with my kids and, and wanting to be involved, um, you know, when they were younger and in elementary school. And so I just I honestly I, I started out by by sitting on, um, you know, the, the parent boards um, running the, um, you know, different events, trying to raise money for the for the schools and um, just getting to know people that way. I've always been, um, you know, a kind of a, a outgoing and trying to, to meet new people all of the time. So I think that was kind of my my foothold in the uh, into into volunteering and, and giving back and, and really seeing a difference in, um, you know, in what it did for the kids schools. And it just kind of grew from there. So more recently, um, I know I'm a Royal Pager as well, and more recently you uh, did the Sahara Challenge. Tell us about that and uh, what you learned and what that experience was like. Yeah, so that was, um, it was pretty amazing. And I'm, the only thing I'm bummed about is that I, I hadn't applied sooner for any of these, these treks that, uh, that Royal Page does. So um, they do them every two years. So the Sahara was, was back in 2019. So we found out at the end of 2018, uh, you know, if you had applied, if, if you got in. So 
Um, it gave us plenty of time to, to fundraise and, and all of that for, um, for our local women's shelters. And the Royal Page Shelter Foundation, um, they, they support, you know, wherever we are in, in Canada, that's, uh, that's the, the, the women's shelter that they end up um, supporting. So our, our money goes directly back into our community, which is so huge for me and why it really resonates. So um, when I got chosen for that, my mind just kind of started uh, started turning and trying to figure out, you know, we you need to raise a minimum of $5,000 um, to go on the trek. And, you know, it starts at 5,000, but it's like, how, how can I double that, triple that and, you know, kind of go from there. So um, it was an incredible experience from the fundraising side right to the actual trip itself, of course. So before I turn it back to Dave, so do you know when the next one is? Because I got to go on the next one. When's the next one? Where me is too. it? Me I'm too, gonna, Lindsay. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm signing up. I'm calling my shot right now. Where is it? Do we know where no, the next so one is? No, so you're too late. You're too late. It's it's this August. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, with COVID, it's it's kind of, I think it, it put a damper on on how and where, you know, everything could happen. But um but yeah, so it's this August in the uh, the Purcell Mountains in British Columbia. So um, I just found out, I don't know, a few weeks ago that that I'd gotten in because of course I, I applied again and um, just getting just getting started with um, with the fundraising for that. So a much shorter time period, a much you know uh, a much different kind of landscape on on how to fundraise. Um, there's not the the in person and and all of that kind of groveling for money these days. So um, it'll be a, a different experience, um, you know, from the fundraising perspective. And I'm honestly I'm looking forward to to this trek though as well. Yeah, that that sounds outstanding. What a, what another great trip coming up this summer. So uh, no no totally. yeah. And let me ask you about just getting involved in the first place. And your comment about elementary school kids and and helping out the students and your kids that were in elementary school really hit home because I'm kind of in that same boat as well on parent council and so forth. So I get it. But yeah. let let's take this a step further, Lindsay, for a second. Has has volunteering always kind of been in you? Like when you were younger, were you were you the type of girl that that would 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 put their name forward to help out this or to volunteer to do this because some some people it grows on them and, and some people it's out of necessity and others they just have it in them and I and I just get the right. sense that might be you. Honestly, I don't so I'll I'll preface this by saying I have the absolute worst memory. So <laughs> from what I can remember, I don't think I was that person. Like I, you know, I certainly I was on, you know, different clubs and boards and stuff, but um, you know, that, that person that was always, um, you know, fundraising or doing something for a charity. I don't think that was, I don't think that was me. Um, I remember having to do stuff for, you know, if you're in brownies or this or that, and you had to, you had to give back and, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but, um, but no, so I, I am, I think one of those people that it did just kind of grow on me. And I think too, it's, you know, it's again, because I, I love my community and I'm so involved with it. I think that's what also helped me, you know, want to be more involved and, and try to figure out different ways of, of doing it. So maybe that's where it came from as well. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not, it wasn't ingrained from, you know, right. ages and ages ago. <laughs> so, uh, Lindsay, I know, uh, Royal Page uh, focuses on, on shelter-based charities. So tell us a specific, shelter uh, that your fundraising assisted in your community? 
For sure. So, um, so my shelter is the uh, the Cornerstone Family Violence Prevention Center. So, um, it's located in Coburg, but it looks after all of Northumberland County. So, uh, we've got about a hundred thousand, give or take, uh, as far as the population across the county, and um, they've got outreach that you know that can kind of get to to whichever uh, women and, and youth um, need their help throughout the county. Let's take this a step back for a second, Lindsay, and and talk about the impact the pandemic has had on women's shelters, because this hasn't been a very good year, well, even more than a year right now for all different forms of of, uh, lifestyles, uh, charities, uh, just living arrangements for everybody. But how has it affected women's shelters uh, during this time? So with ours specifically, um, I remember only because I, I talk to them quite quite regularly now. They've they've just they've become you know they've become friends because we've we do so much. There's always something to to kind of you know raise money for. And I remember early on last year talking and and just trying to figure out what. It, you know what it looked like, um, and many of them weren't able to work from the office. And um, they said for the first time um, in you know forever they had empty beds. Um, and it's not because you know it's not because domestic violence all of a sudden stopped, but they just you know the, the those spouses at that point they just they had that much more control over them. Um, you know you can't go out. There's a pandemic. You have to stay home and. Um, and that was really the scary part. It did it did catch up, and um, you know women did start coming in. But the other problem then um, they were faced um, in in our shelter. Most of the rooms. Um, so if there's two families sharing, um, it's basically a Jack and Jill. Um, bathroom that they end up sharing. So with the pandemic and with COVID, you can't share anything anymore. So they can only have, you know, one family as opposed to two different families then sharing a a bathroom. So they then had to get money, apply for grants um, to do the the renovations so that they could have the same amount of women in those shelters. You made mention of it a little bit, but so fundraising is different. So uh, what are you doing differently to raise money uh, for your trek this time? So, uh, you know, uh, how are uh, how are you adapting your fundraising methods? So what I what I didn't know, um, you know, two years ago. So back in 2019, I, I, you know, started looking looking around trying to figure out how am I going to raise more than $5,000? Because that just wasn't, that wasn't enough. Um, And so happened on Pinterest and looking for different ideas. So um, found this idea of um, different, different places were doing this flocking um, kind of idea. So I, I took that and kind of made it, made it my own. um, And I call it flocked for shelter. So um, essentially I had to, you know, find a bunch of, plastic lawn flamingos and I would um, get it get it out into the community it was all really word of mouth and um, social media was fantastic and um, get somebody to pledge you know fifty dollars and I would take a, a flock of flamingos a dozen flamingos and and stick it on you know their family their friends their their favorite business downtown and, and put it on their lawn um, and then in return I would ask that those that kind of recipient to then flock it forward and send it on to to the next recipient. So, you know, in 2019, I had no idea that, you know, the the next year, you know, last year was was going to turn into some kind of a a socially distant um, fundraising idea. But 
um, that's what it turned into and it's, and it's been perfect. So I'm going to, I'll be going into my third year of uh, flock for shelter this year. Um, it'll be my, it'll be my main fundraiser for the, for the trek. But, um, again, I'm looking for other ideas to, to continue to raise money. I just, I don't have those ideas quite yet. <laughs> so the flamingo crop is, is growing and growing and growing as we speak. Is that what you're saying? They are. Yeah. So I started, <laughs> I started with like five or six dozen, I think the first year now I've got 10 or 11 and that's the thing. Like, you know, unfortunately flamingos at Dollarama aren't essential these days. So you can't just walk in and grab, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll take a dozen flamingos if you've got them. But, um, so they're, they're definitely a hot commodity and, um, who knew, right. But, um, the other really neat thing is we've kind of, we put it, we put the idea out across, um, across the Royal Page offices this year. Um, I had a lot of people reaching out and just saying, Hey, can I, you know, can I use this idea? Can I make this mine? And I'm, I said, absolutely. Um, so I reached out to, to Carly at the shelter foundation and just said, Hey, how do we get this out to more people so that they have the, you know, the ability to, to do this in their, in their community as well. So um, I think we're, we're around 10 or 12, um, different people that are now doing this um, this year and just continuing to raise money for their shelters, which is pretty amazing. We will be back after this short break. Join the ARIA Realtor Research Community to have your say when it comes to the services ARIA provides, the recommendations we make to the government, and the strategic priorities of the association. You'll receive exclusive content and be entered into monthly draws every time you complete a survey. Visit joinarearesearch.com to sign up and join an exclusive community of realtors making a difference. Joinarearesearch.com. Let me just follow up on that. You're very modest because you're talking <laughs> about all these things and there's no number that you're attaching to anything. So how much have you raised over the last couple of years with, uh, with, that, uh, with the Flamingo Initiative? Um, so just with the flamingos, I'm, I'm somewhere just, I don't know, I think around 16 or 17,000, um, this year, this year I'm putting 10,000 on it though. Cause it's, I, I need to make it worth my while. And, um, I'm really hoping that people will buy into it. So, um, yeah, my first year was my best year. Last year was a little bit different. Um, I think again, just, you know, just the, the whole outlook of everything was a little bit different, but, um, but yeah, people are, they're always just happy to, you know, to open their door and, and see a, a flock of, of pink flamingos on their, on their lawn and, and figure out who the heck sent it to them. And um, yeah, you can't help but love, uh, love these birds on your, on your, uh, your front lawn. No, absolutely. That's that fantastic. is, that is fantastic. You're absolutely right. So uh, let me ask you this then. And, and a lot of times when I'm talking to different people throughout different walks, they'll always ask, how do, how do I get started? What, what's the first step? And, and, and a lot of times it's even the smallest steps that make the difference. So when somebody's asking you this and, and you have a, a lot of great experience and a lot of great success at, you know, volunteering and, 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 and getting it started, how do you start off right from the start? I think so. That's the, the the funny thing is somebody had asked me that the other day. They they just said, "Oh my God, you're so giving, you're so all of this," and you know it it makes you blush. And and that's not the reason why you know people volunteer and why people give. But they're like, "How do I start? I don't even know where to start." Like literally, th those were her words to me. And 
Um, I think it's, you just have to figure out if you don't have, you know, an org organization like the Shelter Foundation, like I have behind, uh, behind me and with Royal LePage, you know, what speaks to you? What, what meant something to you as you were growing up? Um, you know, what's helped out your kids? What's helped out? I think there's something that, that really pulls at your heartstrings. And I think it's, it's first realizing, you know, who you want to give to, because there are so many, you know, worthy charities, but, um, you know, what means something to you? And, and in this case, she's like, she said, you know, there was, um, she spent some time at the YMCA when, you know, when she, when she was on the streets years and years ago, and this is another real estate agent we were, I was talking to. And I said, that's your in. And, and that's the thing at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be money. You don't have to be fundraising. It's, it's sharing your story, bringing awareness to this charity that, um, you know, that they wouldn't have otherwise. So I don't have a, sh a story to, you know, to share, but um, I've got, I've got time and I, I've got a will to, you know, to try to give back. And that's what I do. But I think, you know, I think there's so many ways to give that it's not just about money and, um, you know, this big a fundraiser all of the time. So extending on that. So um, do you wish somebody had uh, told you something before you got started? I mean, or some, some tip, did you have a mentor? Did you have somebody that you looked up to? How did, uh, did you have somebody that uh, inspired you along the way? So there's, there's this great gal that that's in town and, and there's so many great people um, where I live, but um, there's a, there's a gal by the name of Nicole Beatty. And um, she's like, if, if anybody says like, who's the most giving person, you know, and at any point I would always, I would always name Nicole. Um, she's the first person there to, you know, to give you an idea. She's just, she has philanthropy like wrapped around her heart and she I'm sure she was probably one years old one year old when she decided to start giving she's she's that person that's it's just bred inside her and um you know I got I got really close with her when I started uh when I found out I was doing the Sahara Trek and she was the first first person to say like hey let's get together for for coffee let's brainstorm let's see what we can do and um She's just, uh, she's such a, a positive person in our community and um, she just gives to every charity that she can. So how she has so much time, I don't know, but um, if I could be a quarter of what she is, then uh, I'd be, I'd be doing pretty well. Really kind words. So all of this, Lindsay, has led to you to become one of Aria's three Real Heart ambassadors. And for those of you who may not have seen the recent launch of Real Heart, it's an initiative that celebrates the many ways in which Ontario realtors go above and beyond to give back to their communities. What does it mean to you to be named a Real Heart ambassador? And, and congratulations to Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's actually a little unbelievable when I'm, you know, when I'm, I'm sitting beside these, you know, these amazing gentlemen that have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for for their causes, and you know, here I am at tens of thousands. But um, yeah, I, I I can't believe it. Um, you go into these things, you know, you give back not because you're you're looking for any kind of recognition, but um, at the end of the day. I know that this kind of recognition probably leads to somebody else giving that maybe wouldn't have given otherwise. And, um, you know, trying to get people to share their stories, which I think is what we're, that's what we're here for. It's, you know, let's hear from the realtors that are giving back because there's so many people that don't say, you know, hey, look at me, I'm doing this. But um, 
you know, if, if, if they can use some of my stories to be able to, to, you know, to pull the stories out of other people, then I'm, I'm absolutely happy to, you know, to, to share mine and um, completely honored to, to be an ambassador. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm fortunate to be on the board. And as we talked about this, you know, our mantra is, is that, you know, realtors help people, uh, you know, building communities. Um, and so our communities aren't just bricks and mortar. There are these kind of efforts as well. And our realtors do so many things around the province. And we really wanted to tell stories like this to inspire more people to, to do more things. Right. So it's letting people know what we do, but then also inspiring other people to do good things. And, and I think that, you know, you are certainly somebody that can inspire people uh, for sure. So, uh, so thank, thank you very much. Um, so I think that that's kind of the, the, you know, the answer to the, you know, the next question is what do you hope people take away from it? I think that you know, one of the things that I learned is, is that, you know, you start small and then it builds. So I think that that's really the, the key thing. So, you know, is that what you would like people to take, to take away to inspire them? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, like something small, you know, everybody, everybody's different, right? And their small is different from somebody else's small. And um, I don't, I don't think anybody goes out there thinking that they're going to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and you know, take a, a motorcycle across the, uh, across the world like Bruce has done. But, um, you know, and, and that's the thing I think with all three of us, it's, it starts small, it's start in your school that, you know, that the kids go to, or it's, um, you know, I don't know, find a, find a flamingo and stick it on somebody's lawn <laughs> at the end of the day. But um, it's, it's sharing, it's sharing a story, it's finding what, what means something to you and, you know, and giving back for the right reasons. And, and I think that's what, what all of us are, are doing. It, you know, sometimes I feel selfish because honestly, it, it, it makes me feel better than, you know, than anything. So, you know, do I do it? You know, of course I do it for, for the, for the charity, but I do it for myself at the same time because it is so fulfilling and um, it just, it just feels good. It makes you feel good. It makes you smile and, and it makes you want to keep doing it even more. Yeah, that's awesome. So looking, looking at the future, Lindsay, and, and we got to exclude the BC fundraiser that's coming up because that's already uh, kind of in the midst of it. So let's look beyond that. Uh, plans for volunteer initiatives. Is, is there, is there something that you've always wanted to do? And, and this is, this is really tough even me asking you, because when you, when you talk about Sahara desert, that's, that's monumental. <laughs> so I'm wondering, yeah, is there anything that will top that in your mind? Is there, is there something that, that you're planning that it may seem like a long shot right now, but perhaps in 2022, 2023, this, this could be a, a realistic possibility. Do you have that, that next big thing, Lindsay? I guess the next big thing, it'll always come back to the Royal Page Shelter Foundation, um, just because they they plan such epic trips that, you know, you wouldn't even think like, you know, two years ago, would I ever have thought to to go to the, you know, to travel to the Sahara Desert, walk 100 kilometers across the across the desert, like, no, not a hope in heck, like, would I have ever thought about doing that, um, you know, let alone trying to raise you know, um, thousands of dollars for my charity. So I'll rely on them to, to try to, to top <laughs> these last couple of, of trips. But, um, you know, from a fundraising perspective, it's, it's getting past COVID and, and being able to be, you know, face to face with people and, and throwing events because that's, that's what people want. Like they want to feel the community, they want to feel involved. And it's hard to do that, you know, from that socially distant perspective. So, um, back when I was doing some, some of the fundraising for the, um, for my Sahara trek, we, um, 
we did a, um, a summer social for shelter um, down at the beach. So I'm lucky to live in Cobra again. We've got a, a fantastic beach here. So um, I did four nights of um, just, just fun, you know, food and drink and local music. And that if I could do that annually, I would be, you know, I would be in heaven. And, yeah. you know, we, we were able to raise thousands of dollars through that. So it's just, it's seeing the community come together and, and want to give because again, they're getting as just as much from it as, you know, as they're giving. So, um, I'll leave the, I'll leave the trips to the, the shelter foundation <laughs> and, um, I'll just do my best at, at raising, you know, more and more money for, uh, for my local charity, because that's, that's why I do it at the end of the day. Lindsay, you really mentioned something that was really interesting is, is that um, Aria has done some research around uh, around uh, volunteering and uh, it, it confirmed that people who volunteer and give uh, find themselves to be happier as a result of it. And so I think that you identified something that you feel great and you know you're doing good things, but generally happier. And I think that that's encouraging for other people to do to. Uh, to do it as well. So, um, you know, before we go, um, you know, uh, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts or, uh, leave, uh, leave the listeners with, uh, before we go so that, um, any, any final thoughts? I don't, I, I guess it's just start, start somewhere. And, you know, if you're not all, already giving, which I think most people do in their, in their own way, and maybe they don't even realize that they're giving, you know, in some, some way. So maybe it's, it's just figuring out, what means what means the most to them and and how do they amplify that even a little bit more but um i think we we all have giving within us and especially as real estate agents you know um i do it because it, it feels good and i think i think everybody wants to feel that way so um yeah i guess that's all i've really got lindsay that's thanks fantastic. for your time this has been a lot of fun thank you very much it has been To learn more about Real Heart or to check out Lindsay's full story, along with other extraordinary stories of realtors giving back in their communities, visit realheart.ca. Before we go, I want to remind you all that all Aria members and their families have access to LifeWorks, a 24-7 well-being solution available at no cost. Visit www.ariacovid19info.com forward slash relief for more information or to access the service. That's it for today. From Aria President David Oikel and myself, David Bastel, stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month. Hey!